Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 28 of season three of This Osteopathic Life. And if my math is correct, as I look at the screen of all the tracks and go back and look at the episodes, this is also the 150th episode of This Osteopathic Life across those first three seasons. It's a celebratory moment here today for that. And what we're going to talk about today is the celebration of the culmination of the swim challenge I created and completed effective yesterday. So today the day of recording, the day of publishing, the day of perhaps you're listening, is the 1st of November, 2021. And if you have been listening along with me over these past five months, you'll know that I decided to undertake a daily swim challenge and expand on the one that began last year. So in 2020, I decided to go from the summer solstice to the autumn equinox, and I was able to do so with the grace of my family and time and space and being able to be within this relatively small nucleus, doing the majority of those swims right down the road in the west arm of Grand Traverse Bay, a few in the neighboring aspects of Lake Michigan, but really stayed close to home. And as I got to the end of that and I extended it a few days, I was around the 95 swim mark and I thought, ooh, 100, it's right there, right? So close. But timing and distance and geography, all these different things meant that it was time to let that be, to lay it to rest, and to honor the challenge as it was. And this year, I decided a reasonable expansion that pushed the margins, but still stayed within reason, was to swim from June to October. So extending it to four months, we'd get in around 122 swims, and beginning a bit sooner. So by the time Solstice came around, I was three weeks into the challenge. I was ahead. I had paid into the bank ahead of that challenge this year. And admittedly, the water was much more favorable the whole way through. So there were some cold swims right in the beginning, and my minimum stroke requirement, again, totally self-imposed, was 105 strokes. And that equated to 21 five times. I breathe every three, so I always count in multiples of three when I swim. And it seemed a reasonable amount to feel like you actually swam, but it wasn't too much on those days when the conditions, particularly the water temperature, were not so compatible with an extended stay in that aquatic medium. And so that's how it went. And there were a few swims early on where I got some looks, right? It was early June. Most people were walking with coats and hats on and I was in the water and I would do these in and outs, you know, quick swim a few strokes, stand up, breathe, recover, do that again until I got to 105. And as the season went on, as the water warmed up, as the buoys went in, the swims extended in length. I had a number of people join me for various swims. They were incorporated into different challenges. I took them to different bodies of water. I went on a 4,000-yard swim at the longest. I sometimes had a crew of accompanying paddlers with me. And one included 
a swim in the midst of an Olympic distance triathlon as part of our roadside racing special edition from the inconceivable alley team. And so it was, we were swimming mostly just in a swimming suit with goggles. And I don't recall if I shared on the podcast, I shared it in a post. I had an exchange an interchange with a single, a rowing single in the water which led to the acquisition or reacquisition, I should say, of a swim buoy so I could be more easily identified in the water, especially as the colors shifted in summer. There's so much vibrancy out on the lake. And in the fall, we lose a bit of that. And the contrast becomes a little harder between the water and the sky and the visibility decreases. So the buoy did join me for a few swims. I wore a wetsuit, I believe, four times total to do a couple extended distance swims in the later part of the season, including in the triathlon. And those wetsuits do provide you buoyancy. My split times were most definitely benefited on those days. The one piece that was really beneficial later on was the wearing of an insulated swim cap because in general, putting your head in is the hardest part. So when it gets so cold, that's the part that becomes less tolerable. And this I had acquired during my time in Sweden with the USA national team for the age groupers for the long course world championships. And that water was cold enough. (laughs) I want to say the water was so cold. And you'll say back to me, how cold was it? And I'll say it was cold enough that they almost canceled the swim entirely. And what they did instead to make that trip worth it for so many people, but also not dangerous for so many people, was to shorten the distance. It was meant to be 4,000 meters, which would have been the longest I'd ever swum. Maybe at one time, definitely in competition and would have been a total game changer for that event. They brought it back to the standard Olympic distance, 1500 meters, because the water temperature was right around the level where it was almost too cold to send people in. And I recall at that race, there was all of us in wetsuits, but two of us had sleeveless wetsuits, which was me and a Great Britain swimmer. And we were, you know, arms up, raha, charging, saying, who needs sleeves on the wetsuit, right? We're cold water swimmers. But the insulated cap that I acquired there was definitely a game changer. So I found that I could swim up to around a half mile without a wetsuit if I wore that cap. So that became part of my experience in those ladder swims. And so as September came, because originally my plan was June to October, right? Two, like hyphen between, meaning June 1st to September 30th. That was going to be the end. And I got there, right? And that was 122 swims. And I thought, that's a nice number. Let's just roll with that. But the weather was so nice. And we had the triathlon pending in that first week of October. So I thought, well, I know I'm going to swim then for an extended interval. So why not swim in between, gather a few more days, and then see. Maybe you want to make it 130. Go for those round numbers, liking those patterns. And as it turns out, the water remained quite amenable to continued swimming. And I let myself have some freedom. I still took the 105 strokes. I often didn't wear goggles. And that led to some interesting arcs of direction in swimming in the water when you don't have any visibility or sense of the shore that exchange with the boat as I mentioned and some shorter swims totally counting some longer swims surprisingly still quite tolerable again with the benefit of the wetsuit and then this past week as the end of October was coming so I thought okay it was June to October we'll make it June through October and then we'll pause we'll let it be we'll let this be enough. And this last week, I will say, presented some of the most challenging conditions, although still not as extreme as one might expect in Northwest Michigan at the end of October, heading into November. But the water 
interestingly, had much less clarity. It was really choppy. And one day last week were the biggest waves I had ever witnessed. And I really did more of a standing arm stroke because it really wasn't safe at all to go in and to swim. And I do always honor and respect the power and the capacity of water. But I was so surprised by the amount of sediment on the shoreline. And having visited this water nearly every day, right, for 150 plus consecutive days, it never looked like that. And certainly it could be the shift in the wind and in the tide. And I don't think I have the direct personal powerful control over the water itself. But I do wonder, right, if it was this signaling, right, this is a change in season, this is a purging of the sediment here, and perhaps right, it's no longer compatible with this daily task. The thing I love most about where I get to swim in the West Arm of Grand Traverse Bay is the clarity of the water. You can see through when you're 10 feet above all the way down to the sand and all the details. You can see your hand in front of your face at all times. We have to check the distance on your watch. You can do so mid-stroke. The clarity is one of the most beautiful parts. And like I said, I took my swim different places this year and some of the bodies of water were very much not clear. And I know I have many swimming friends who depend on the sandy and not mucky bottom and the absence of seaweed or lakeweed, as my daughter calls it, in order to be able to swim in fresh and open water. So not having the clarity in this body of water began to make that shift. And I do think it was a facilitation for the act of weaning from this process. Because as you might imagine, if you are a person who thrives on routine, who engages with commitment, who follows patterns, who sees a streak and wants to continue it, right? Finding a way to let it be, right? To call it good, to cross a finish line, which only exists because you decide it's there, can be a challenge. And so this act of seeing the shift in the clarity of the water helped me be able to say, okay, I think it really is time to be done. And one thing I imagine too, as I consider that as I haven't swum out as far because the buoys have been taken out, there's different traffic and I'm working on staying again safe in these colder conditions. So I wanna be where I can stand in the water at any point. So perhaps, right, the clarity is there, but you have to swim out a little farther. And sometimes it's not the season in which it's appropriate or safe for you to swim out. Right? There are times to really go into the depths and there are times when perhaps you stay a little closer to the shoreline in a bit shallower waters and both have their time and their place. And so it was yesterday, which happened, right, of course, to also be Halloween if we're swimming through October. That means that final day of October is Halloween, falling on the weekend and my path to the swim course is on one of perhaps the busiest trajectories for trick-or-treating in our neighborhood. So that was its own adventure because I did decide to drive, which that part only happened maybe a handful of times. I usually would get to the swim by a bicycle. My friend was in town and was accompanying me and is a fantastic cinematographer. And I asked and he graciously agreed to document this final swim with photos and with some video. And in the magic that he has, he created and produced and edited and put music with this video while I was still on the shoreline changing after the swim. So all credit there. And if you follow me on social media, you can go to Amelia Albiki or to This Osteopathic Life and you can see that video footage. And all credit, big shout out to David Dean, ever present and gracious in his artistic capacities and generosity. So I arrived 
at the shore and it was blustery. It was cold. It had been overcast all day. And again, the water was all churned up. There were just a few seagulls hanging out on the shoreline. The autumnal colors are finally coming into being. And so as you look across the bay, you can see the arms of the land masses coming in with all their trees and the different shades of yellow and green, and finally some red. Red has been the latest to emerge up here. And I prepared, I donned that cap and took my goggles and walked into the water, deciding that I would call it at 105 strokes because that's where I began. So we're gonna bookend this journey in the same way. And it was definitely colder. Most days there hasn't really been much hesitation or that take your breath away moment when diving in. This day there was, right? That first breath in the water was definitely more of a gasp and immediately this prickly sensation. And I recall that from Sweden. That happened in Grand Haven in 2015. The triathlon there was really cold water where your feet hurt, right? I definitely had some cold early injury to my feet in that race. And in the Lake of the Woods triathlon out in Oregon, a mountain-fed lake in September, it was chilly and it was reminiscent of those events. And again, that was a signal to say, okay, right? It has shifted. It's different now and it's okay to be done. It was nature giving me permission, not that I need, but I most certainly welcome. So I took that 50 strokes out one way and turned in the water and took the remaining strokes back, stood up and it was done. I walked out of the water and as David was recording, I said to him and to myself, I feel like I need to bow to the water. And we've shared this experience in so many thoughts, so many counted strokes, so many welcomes to other people, and so many private moments where I was allowed to just be with my thoughts, fully immersed, and many times within my thoughts and not thinking them, simply counting the strokes, observing the sandy bottom, being grateful for the clarity, feeling the sun come down through the water. And so I turned and I bowed to the waves and that was that. And that was yesterday. And in conversations with friends around this, most will remark, wow, that was a lot of swims, congratulations. And I've had a few who say, well, why stop? Why stop now? And that's an excellent question. And one that I've asked myself, could it be extended throughout the year? And the answer is yes, perhaps. And why I say that is I do think it's manageable, especially in the way of the early swims with the in and out. And there is the cold plunging club here of which my husband is a joyful leader. And I will certainly join them, although it is a different mentality for me to think about just walking in and sitting still in the water versus moving through the water. And I'll work with that mindset. But while it's doable, my concern, if we'll put it that way, is that will become mandatory, right? It will become for the sake of some number or some outward experience of it. And it's been there a little bit in this last month in a different way than it was in those original four. Because the original four was always the plan. It felt very purposeful, very aligned, very appropriate, and still intriguing, non-interruptive. And in this last month, there's been a little bit more of this reaching for and having to stretch it into certain gaps and fit it in really quickly. And that it was at times 
interrupted, which is interesting because the swim itself has probably taken less time because the swims have gotten shorter, but the experience of it had shifted. And my assessment of that, as I look back now in this past month, was because it was extending beyond its original purpose. Right? The original purpose was to expand from solstice to equinox into June through October, right? getting those kind of four months in of swimming. And that extra month is kind of this, what are we doing here? And is this what we want to be doing? Do you feel like you have to be doing this? And I chose it each and every time. Right? I didn't have to do it. No one was holding me to that standard. And I enjoyed those swims. But there was a different tone to it. And so while it could be intriguing to keep this going, how many days, right? And my husband commented to me, people might say that to you. Why stop now? Who don't know you and don't realize that would mean you would have to swim every day for the rest of your life, no matter what. (laughs) And I laughed and then I kind of nodded and thought, yeah, I think that's probably worth considering. And while that could absolutely be a viable challenge, I think about these people I've seen in Runner's World magazine where they have run at least a mile every day for decades, right? Totally possible, totally doable. And what I want to do and I want to respect, and I recognize this is possible should I choose it to be, even in a swim every day forever and ever and ever challenge, to still be one with the water and embrace it and enjoy it and immerse in it. But right now, what I notice is that it has shifted a bit, right? The focus is on the completion and when the cold is quite extreme, there's been a change. And so what I'm choosing in this point is to take a very intentional pause. And I'll admit to you, we are at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the day and there's certainly a part of me, right? Because five months, 153 swims has gone to the water. And so to not do that feels a bit odd, Right? There's a bit of an urge involved in that of, well, just get in, just get in and see. And I'm not writing that off. It may or may not happen today, but I will not take the 105 strokes today. I'm committing to pausing this with intention in the same way I committed to beginning it with intention and completing that loop and letting it be what it was and honoring by enveloping it in this sense of completion, honoring the depth of the experience and letting it be, rather than keeping it open and not quite knowing where it's headed, what it means, or what the expansiveness of it is. And I'm totally cool with the unknown, letting things unfold as they will. And right now, this feels like the best decision. I'm actually visualizing there's a felted and sewn ball, basketball, but made of softer materials on the floor, where I'm recording this and just seeing that spherical enclosure, thinking about the infinity of the circle, but also the container of that globe and letting that be what it is, contain this experience and know that I can absolutely choose the next day or next year or next season to shift this. And right now I'm staying in that space of gratitude around what did transpire, what has transpired, and what continues to evolve from that. Because while the swim was the key portion, it was the criteria, it was the method, the water was the medium, it was about who I was becoming along that journey of showing up 
every day for myself, of welcoming others into that space, of taking it seriously, but with enough freedom to let the number and the location and the time spent on the shoreline vary. Seeing that experience evolve even more than swimming every day in the lake. Now, what I also noticed, and we have often heard the phrase, right? Saying yes to something is saying no to something else. And I really appreciate the inverse, which seems like it would be so obvious, but really gives a different tone and temper that saying no to something is saying yes to something else. And I really do like that inverse option. And if I look back over the season, what I notice was that the podcast frequency was less during that time. And also my daily living conceivable posts really became non-existent during that time. And that was intended as a one year daily challenge. Now we could look back and say, well, that was a failure, right? You didn't do one year, but we did six months where we completed six months of that daily piece. And then I see where this energy of the daily focus went into the swim and oftentimes a post reflecting that swim. And that's okay. And I'm not saying there's not room to be accountable and more structured and plan. Absolutely. Always room for growth in that space. But my curiosity has me asking, well, is it appropriate to have more than one daily challenge? And was it as it was meant to be for your attention and your intention to go into this certain space in a new way? And so as this day approaches, and mind you, I'm okay with just being still, okay, let's strike that. (laughs) I can understand the purpose of just being still and not having any challenges. That's a thing. That's totally okay. That's often not how I operate. And I could look at that from a restless perspective in needing, right? Having this desire and need to be doing something most of, or we could say all of the time. And also letting there be freedom in that and say, It works for me to have something, right, toward which I am working. And that something can be very different. It could be musical. It could be written words. It could be rest. It could be meditation. It could be physical activity. It could be the ways in which I connect with others around me. But having that daily invitation is something that works for me, right? And in this experience of closing that chapter, right, of completing that circle. And really, let's look at the sphere. I really like the dimensionality of that is also important. And that I trust myself to know when we have reached that space where this daily challenge, this engagement has run its course, has offered what it was meant to offer, has fulfilled its purpose, and to take up a different one and to see how long feels appropriate. Similarly, I had a write a letter a day challenge on my birthday one year, and that went also six months. I anticipated a year, but interesting, I should look at that arc. Right? What does six months mean? What happens in that time frame? And is that an appropriate season to which I challenge myself? In any case, what opens up today and really coincides well with a goal I had of continuing to expand the episodes and offerings and engagement here on the podcast is that I'm going to be recording and producing a podcast a day for the next 30 days through this month of November. 
there are going to be a few arcs within that. There's going to be opportunity for you to engage and to give feedback and to learn how you can participate more actively with this osteopathic life. And it's going to be a means by which I re-engage with words, with this production, and I will see if the Living Conceivable posts as well, those daily emails, bring themselves forward because by saying no to the daily swim and a no thank you, a no with a tremendous sense of appreciation to the daily swim, what yeses present themselves. So I take on this challenge through the brilliance and wisdom of my business coach and mentor, Dr. Una, who brought this up from her own space and perhaps will be going there. But we have a momentum challenge pending in that world. So if you're a physician, look that up, EntreMD, and see how you can participate there. And how might you tune in to the motivation that works for you? And let it be okay that it works for you. It doesn't have to work for other people that you get to see what the season might be for you, the duration. There's room to shift and change those goals, right? To see what keeps you accountable and also engaged, encouraged, inspired, right? Not just doing for the sake of doing, but for doing because you see that continued re-engagement. I was fulfilled so much every time I stepped into the water, right? The renewal of that experience, Absolutely. And even as I say it, I can think, oh, how will I replace that? And maybe I don't have to. I still have the memory and the vision of it. I will likely still go to the water, even if I don't go into the water, most if not all days, because it is a rejuvenating space for me. And here I get to hone in and practice the sharing of words, this measure of accountability. And as we mentioned in a previous episode, bolstering to the number of episodes because there has been space between. And it was literally on that same day that I had noted, right, the smaller number of episodes this year compared to season two, that the podcast a day challenge was proposed. And I thought, how fantastic for so many reasons. And here, too, I'll have the opportunity to share more and to bring forward some topics I've been wanting to share that would require more consistent, more frequent interactions to bring those concepts forward in a meaningful way. So that is where we are. So we're in a space of challenge and celebration today in celebrating challenges for creating them, for living up to them, for completing them, and for reconsidering them when we need to. All of those are totally available options. And so with gratitude for the experience of 153 swims from June through October 2021 and for 150 episodes of this podcast that have been recorded, including conversations, including the musical Brilliance of Rachel Palin and my current musicians, and looking forward to what evolves and who I will become in the recording and producing of these episodes over the next 30 days, who you might become in the practice of listening to them and the considerations that arise. And we will see on the 1st of December where we are. We will look back and see where we began. We will notice all the ways we moved between and we will see where we have arrived 
together. I thank you for following along through the summer swimming. I thank you for listening in here for the conversations, for the solo episodes. And I thank you for the opportunity to bring forward this next challenge. And I look forward to seeing where it goes. This is Dr. Millie Beaky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.